Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup podcast. I am Sonia Green from Sonia Green Coaching. And I am Judith Fender. I am a coach for the No BS Weight Loss Program. Today, we have referenced anxiety since this podcast started. We have talked about it openly, but it has never been the topic of conversation the focus of a podcast. And today, anxiety is center stage. (laughs) Fun fact, anxiety has been center stage. We just haven't talked about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're we're shining the light on it. Yes, at least as far as Coach Judith is concerned, it has been a a lead character in her life. Yeah. So let's, let's start by talking a little bit about that. It's something that has felt crippling to you at times. I believe crippling or paralyzing. Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to speaking, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, through my research, I've been learning that the part of your brain that's affected when you are having a, it's survival stress response, right? Mm -hmm. Anxiety, it, it triggers where you don't speak. It hits a nerve. Like it's like a, it's a physiological response. Not only is it psychological, <laughs> emotional, but you physically um, are drawn to not speaking. And it could be related to childhood experiences where I maybe experienced things and I didn't speak for whatever reason, people pleasing, growing up with in circumstances. Mm-hmm. Don't get into my past. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting because as you say that I will, I will go into my past a little bit, but when I am in conflict, Mm. my brain often just like empties any, anything, it just empties. I have no response and, and I can't speak. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying that I immediately had a flashback to something I've talked about before with my first grade teacher Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. would berate me for various things. And because I was always so taken aback by what she was mm-hmm. berating me for right, her messaging, yeah, yeah her it. messaging. I, I what the hell, lady? Yeah. I, I was like, I, I don't know. And so I developed, I think that's where I developed that response from. So even today, if somebody comes to me and demands that I give, I don't know that I account for my actions in some way. Yeah. It's just like my brain, everything empties out. This is full disclosure. I debated if I was going to mention this to you, I'm getting ready to put you on the spot. Okay. Be like, Sonia, you cannot ask me point pointed questions anymore on podcasting because my brain, like it dumps the blood leaves and I have no access. Yeah. Like it, it happens. It, it, it's not, it's not you. It's me and yeah. how I, you know, but I, I'm learning the nuances of how quickly I can shut down. And the reason it's a problem as we were talking, it is the ability y'all I could live with anxiety vibrating in my body all day long, but what I can't live with as I'm, especially as I'm trying to work and learn and study and speak publicly is have that shutdown yeah. where I can't access my prefrontal cortex. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And, you know, when I ask you pointed questions, it's always because I think you have the, the answer, but I, do, but you can't ask I know, I know, no, that's, that is great 
there you go folks this is what happens in in live podcasting yes. but no i will work on that because that's that's fair i had not even thought about that moment but i, I don't can, know that i had i don't know that i but it it it, it, it occurred to me the last well, couple podcasts ago not today mm-hmm. um but I was, cause I was harboring it and I thought, well, I just need to tell her what's going on. And I'm like, no, then I, you know, all the bullshit, all the stories like, no, Judith, you not to figure it out. No, this is not a problem. Like, no, just study and just be ready and just, yeah. just be ready to be ready. Yeah. And because I was telling a story, it's because she's a teacher and she just gave me that tone yeah. and my brain went to like, I don't have the answer. <laughs> so here is the response that you are allowed to give me at any time. You can always say, I'm not sure what you're looking for there, Sonia. I could just say, Oh, excuse me a minute. I'm in my trauma response. The Uh blood has left my brain. I'm going to need about two minutes to access my thinking. Yes. (laughs) And through the power of editing, all that goes away, but that's what I love about this and why I will definitely not edit this part out is because if it happens to the two of us, most likely it happens to you too, dear listener. Yep. Because we all have those responses that we can access. Yep. 100%. I don't remember having anxiety Mm -hmm. as a kid. And even as, you know, everything that I have been through and I have been through the things with anxiety, especially as an adult. But when I hear people say anxiety, I, I the, the terminology I'm, I'm personally referring to is myself. Cause I do believe there is like this generalized anxiety, like a really functional where you're not hijacked, where you are mm-hmm. just kind of just humming along, like Brooke mm-hmm. was talking about her podcast, kind of just humming along because she's like, you said to her point, she's, she's challenging herself. Like we can yeah. expect that as we are, you know, challenging our careers, challenging how we show up podcasting, just when we have challenges that our brain's going to want to always try to keep us safe, mm-hmm. that everything new is going to present with itself, right? The brain's going to try to create a comfort in our body and safety in our body. Yeah. So you were, you were talking about the difference in Brooke's anxiety humming along. And we're talking about Brooke Castillo. For those of you who don't know, this is from, she recently did a podcast on the life coach school podcast about anxiety ahead of time um, that got us thinking more about doing a specific podcast and her anxiety is that generalized anxiety that you're talking about that, that hums constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to differentiate between that and the trauma response, the trauma, the anxiety that's produced from trauma. Not that we can't work on both of them because the, the whole point of your story is talking about how you're working through people don't know that yet, but that's how you have worked through that response, but that there's a difference in that generalized level, that constant hum, like normal, like, yes, anytime we take on new goals or big changes, it's normal. Anxiety is normal and expected. Yes. When, so my experience and how I'm kind of figuring this out for myself and is understanding that because it wasn't making sense to me, it was interfering with how 
with my brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my life Mm -hmm. that I wanted to create. So, you know, just things happened and things have happened to me in my life where I developed, like you're talking about your first grade story Mm -hmm. and my things that more specifically were, you know, around, around my parents and around the divorce that they had and more also along how I was conditioned to emotionally support a parent yes, who had a child at 15 and who did, who had a nervous system all her own with her, with, with its own set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so as a child, uh, my dad was always working and he had his own story mm-hmm. too. He grew up in a family of alcoholics. And so his nervous system. So for me to create a sense of safety for myself, as a child, I behaved in ways like the people pleasing, making sure that everyone was okay, thinking I could control things, thinking if I showed up and made sure, you know, mom had anniversary cards or that, you know, that the, the rug was flipped just so, right. This is a true fact. If you mom, we had those rugs that had fringe on them. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced if the rug was flipped just the right way, that mom would be happy. I even grew up saying like, I will know I have done a good job growing up if I don't make my mom cry. (laughs) That was, that's how I, it's kind of how I parented myself. Just don't make mom cry. You'll be doing all right. Just don't make mom cry. Yeah. And, and it worked for you as a child. It's important to say that you developed that because that was your survival mechanism as a child. It worked for you. She was my primary caregiver. Yeah. And I needed her online and she was, you know, when she had me, she had not only had had a child at 15. Then when I was born, this child was like 13 and was running away. And so that in and of itself, like, you know, my mom was not emotionally available. And I understand like, there is no, nothing I'm saying in this story. Am I faulting my parents or saying that I I was loved and cared for? I was not mistreated or anything like that. I was a well-loved child. And, and this is a little side story too. I don't know if I've ever told you this in uh, third grade. I wanted to go to public school. I'd always, I'd gone to private school, you know, my whole two years of my life, right. I've gone to, but I wanted to go to private school and the private, the private school I was in had like seven kids. The public school had like 35, I don't know, a bunch. And the teacher had a conference with my mom and she's like, you know, Judith is not taking care of herself. She's going around taking care of everyone else. Yeah. And I would do that, like go around, like every, the kids were crying. They didn't know their spelling words and they couldn't figure out their multiplication tables. And one of them had a finger in this sling thing. And he, you know, he was like, he was a behavior problem. Like, but I was determined, like you know, he had his own issues, but the point being my mom had, she took me out of public school and put me back in private school because I was tending to the needs of everyone else. And when I even think about like, I've just grown up knowing this about myself my whole mm-hmm. life, but now as a coach and I'm unpeeling this story and trying to figure out who I am and my nervous system and how I became, you know, what happened to me mm-hmm. get to be 50 years old and being literally in paralysis when I want to speak to Corinne Crabtree. <laughs> this doesn't your your employer. Boss, right. <laughs> Someone who I literally had spent a week with at a, at a beach retreat, I spent one-on-one time with, and, you know, and she's been nothing but amazing to me. And it's not for lack, you know, very social, very friendly and me too. But so all this to say, you know, our nervous system, my nervous system, and then 
things and my tendency was not to speak, you know, growing up in the household where you don't come to me, don't, don't come to be crying. Yeah. So yeah. no feelings, yeah. no anger feelings, no feelings at all. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I modulated myself. Just Control, even. Right. Just be, you know, I was going to be the rock. And, you know, it's funny. My mom even said that to me at some point about 20 years ago that she said, she said, I, it's not that I look to you like you're my mother. You're just so strong. That's a quote. And I think when I think about her, you know, I love my, like when I think about that, because that's who I was to her, because she didn't have the ability to rock herself, to ground herself in her wisdom, mm-hmm. her, in her, she was in her story. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's Judy's past. There's Judy's experiences. There's Sonia's experiences. Mm-hmm. Mine just kept manifesting. You know, I had went going to business have children, normal life circumstances, all the while never managing my people-pleasing tendencies, managing, expressing myself, what I wanted. And this is super common in many of my coaching clients. And I start recognizing these things. They're like, I don't even know who I am. I don't know what I want. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Because you've, you've catered to others so long. Like I truly believe I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> helping others is my story, but Okay. So as this comes to anxiety and as it relates to coaching in, and who better than you to podcast with someone who I went through life coach school with someone who saw me show up, you know, I was at, I never missed a, a training with that. No, you did not. Alrighty. So <laughs> if you know, you know, that sentence, <laughs> um, that what I went through and like the post, you know, witnessing me overcoming, like paralyzing. Do you remember when, uh, I can't remember her name, the attractive brown haired lady, I was coaching someone and like literally, and I, I said, right there, no, she coaches on women empowerment and she has the pretty room with the French doors behind her works at the life coach school. Anyway, she was our substitute coach one day and I was coaching someone and I'm convinced that Bev had to put somebody else in just try to help me certify because I was so blinded. <laughs> I was so blinded with anxiety, but yeah. I'm coaching whoever it was. I think it might've been Kelly. Um, and I literally just, just froze up. Yeah. I, I just asked a couple questions and it was probably about 90 seconds in and I was locked up and she was saying, come on, Judith, come on, Judith, you can do it. You can do it. And I could not speak mm-hmm. there. I could not make words come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And then I will say there was probably like at that point, like there was the, the shaming of myself, the getting myself in a feedback loop of, you know, what's wrong with me. I'm broken and not understanding that I was having, it was trauma response. Yeah. Well, and, and that is our response to anxiety many times is come on, you can do it. And what that does is it's just not- makes it, it's like me asking you a pointed question. Yes. Yes. Because I can hear anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's just a good nugget for D de- if, if you know that someone is anxiety prone, that encouraging them in the moment is probably the wrong thing to do. I don't know what the right thing would have been to do. If I think about that, because one, I didn't have 
understanding even I had had these because these were just like isolated things because clearly I'm functioning in the real world Mm -hmm. I'm not frozen at the grocery store with Mm -hmm. or talking to humans anywhere else in my world but and as soon as class was over we would often get on a call together and you you know it it was gone at that point Mm -hmm. because the performance was over right and and I'm very aware of the story I told myself but what where like good anxiety gone bad. That's what it is. Just like paralyzed, not being able to speak. Part of my part of my no BS story. Y'all have heard nuggets. You've there's the podcast where we we have Corinne come on and we talk about anxiety. And I have been working on my nervous system. I have been working this past year has been a lot of emotions mm-hmm. and trying to parcel out what is what. And it was in March at mastermind where I saw Corinne, right? Because, you know, she is like, to me, like, that is my, I will talk to her. I will speak to her. (laughs) I want to talk to her. I have things to say, but every time I see her, I can't speak. And then I get in my story and then I shame myself. And then now she sees me crying. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) That's my coach. That's a lot. Uh, she's not, I don't think she's seen me cross since I've been working for, but anyway, that these were all pre pre days. So when I saw her at mastermind, I was like, Corinne, I, I just wanted to just like talk to you. And so I scheduled an appointment just to talk with her. Cause I didn't want to talk like on the fly at a camp or on the fly or getting her off guard story. I told myself, like, I wanted to be very intentional and have the opportunity to ground myself. And, and I told her during the meeting, like, Corinne, I, I didn't use these exact words exactly, but I said, um, you know, I wanted to test out my, my big girl nervous system. I've been mm-hmm. working on myself. I've been working on the story and being with myself in the moment and not get hijacked and have a conversation where I can access my executive functioning. And so I had a 30 minute conversation with her. Mm-hmm. And the reason you were asking me earlier, what is the, what, oh, it was confidence. I needed the confidence to speak to her because it became, it was very representative of, you know, my story with anxiety. Cause mm-hmm. there's, again, there's not anybody else that I'm carrying that I get that excited about or built this much drama about for no reason at all, yeah. <laughs> except, I mean, she's amazing. So what are the steps? I'm asking you a pointed question, sorry, but it, it occurred <laughs> to me, what were the steps that you took? And, and let's make it clear. This has been years. Yeah. This, this is not something that you did twice and nope. suddenly you were nope. prepared. This nope. is work. This has been in many ways, your life's work over the last three years. Very much. So when I was hired, um, it started showing up like a, we have team meetings and I would show up and couldn't speak at a team meeting. I don't think anybody knew that in the beginning, mm-hmm. but like, I was kind of like taken aback because I was not expecting it either. I was not expecting like, I've got this thing I wanted. I'm working for no BS and here I show up and the word. And it was making you feel like you weren't producing what you needed. Yes. And then then it fed the story of not good enough and Mm -hmm. you're never going to figure this out and uh, ruminating and drama. And, but you know, again, it was, but I could coach my ass off. Here's what I knew. (laughs) I can coach, but you get me in a meeting. Mm-hmm. or get me in ask coaches. This is when I really 
really was starting to have some awareness last year. You know, there was the, the, when my mom passed away, then it brought its own set of circumstances and stories I would tell myself because I told myself I was behind. So-and-so is ahead of me and I'm not doing, you know, all just more stories. And I literally spent, I had, it was some crazy amount of time and asked coaches and asked, like answered like one question. Yeah. It was my first day back after my mom had passed away mm-hmm. and I was paralyzed with judging myself because I was, my nervous system was dysregulated for lack of a better word. And I couldn't access, I was judging myself the whole time. I didn't know it then, but it took me a couple of weeks maybe even a couple of months to start recognizing that I was beating myself up when I was in there. Yeah. You can't, you can't help these people, you know, yeah. you know, like, Oh, wait, what? And then I started working on the, Oh, I have something to offer here. I, I want to interrupt just a minute because I really want to highlight that mm-hmm. it took you a couple of months, probably before you heard yourself, what yep. you were doing to yourself. Yep. And I, I want to stop there because I want listeners to understand, we sometimes say it off the cuff so many times, you need to hear your thoughts, you need to hear your thoughts as if it's something you just do. And it's not something you just do. It takes time to hear you. There's no telling how many times we hear a story run through our head before we understand. Because I was believing it. Yeah. <laughs> I got behind. It's a fact. It's yeah. not a story. <laughs> and you don't even realize that you're arguing for it. So if you are trying to catch those thoughts and you don't do it the first or second time it happens, you are not, you're not behind. You're not behind. This yeah. is normal folks. Yeah. Hear me say it. It's normal. You're not going to catch it the first time and fix it and move on. That's not how this works. No. All right. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I just no. wanted to make that point. It, it's, I, I get fascinated with it too. And it, it's super helpful when I'm coaching clients to like sharing this story, yes. like I'm a coach and I'm, I'm managing my mind. And I figured this out. Like coaching is a very different task than answering to someone. Yeah. And, you know, you were feeling the anxiety of, but even, yeah, this, the awareness that, well, one that I was so judgmental when I was in that, you know, I don't know, ask coaches Mm -hmm. where you can ask coaches questions and we type responses and it it would be a problem that I would be air quote. So slow, you know, why can't I answer more? Well, because I'm hijacked because what I know when you're carrying this low level anxiety anyway, layer in some extra emotion, some frustration with technology mm-hmm. and I'm offline. I, yeah. I, I am literally blind pecking my thoughts, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, it's, it's not helpful to be in the emotion. All this to say, managing your mind, what I have learned this past year is, I mean, it is a process. It is just like, it is everything we coach on and it is about slowing down. Mm-hmm. And I think I've mentioned this in one podcast about, we did one, it was at grit or perseverance. Mm-hmm. And I always considered myself a real gritty kind of persevering. Like I, but I get what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I set a goal and I go for it. Yeah. And while that is a very admirable quality, it is also, I think part of, to the detriment when you're trying to solve for, I'm pointing my finger when you're trying to solve for emotions, it's part of, it's not helpful when you're trying to solve for thought work that it absolutely 150,000% requires you to slow down, 
pause, put a pin in it, whatever that vocabulary is you use and being aware, like it was a perfect, it was a perfect storm of sorts. Yeah. Um, So had the conversation and this is actually where I was going to say, so it was a Q and a about a week later after the meeting I had with Corinne and I was the coach on call. And that means like, I'm in the little chat box <laughs> answering questions in the Q and a and Corinne can see everything I type. Mm-hmm. That's another fun fact. Cause you're like, when, when Corinne calls a coach up, she gets to see what's typed. And then there's this whole story about like, what question do I say for her to answer? Do I answer this one? Is this, am I doing this right? You know, all the normal thoughts, mm-hmm. but I managed my mind to the nanosecond for 60 minutes Mm -hmm. so that I could be aware. I was present with my heartbeat. I was breathing. I did get up and walk around my room one time and come back so that I could stay one is just like a personal quest to stay online. When I say online, that means for me, that means access to my executive function Mm -hmm. and not like Cause when there's, there's nothing worse when your brain gets hijacked and someone asks you a question, even if it's typed and Corinne's there, because then that time feels like it's going so slow, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Oh my God, I'm even slower. So anxiety, it is an emotion. If you are having responses, anything like I'm explaining where you are experiencing avoidant behaviors to prevent things from happening or not getting the goals you want, you know, it is required upon you to solve this. And I'm going to be a big advocate for here too, like doctors who prescribe medication and they will tell you it's, it's everywhere. You see the commercials. It is a tool. Mm -hmm. It is not a solution. Yes. And I absolutely understand now 100% that verbiage, seeing it as medication as a tool. If you need that tool, if you want that tool, it's available. I'm not pro either one way or the other, but it is not a solve for anxiety. All right. You got some questions for me? (laughs) Like where would I say? (laughs) Well, so there's somebody out there who's listening to us who is having the same paralyzing experience, maybe with their boss, maybe with their spouse, their partner, Teacher, their parents, professor. Yeah. You see that with kids. I did it one time with a professor, the truth be told. Yeah. Every so often I would encounter a student and it would occur to me, oh, this is someone dealing with anxiety, or sometimes this is someone dealing with a trauma that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. And knowing, like having that moment of realization in my own mind, which only happened after I started doing this work, unfortunately, near the end of my career. Right. I mean, there was, there was a part of me, a nurturing part of me that could kick in and, and, and nurture, like you were talking about, but not until I really understood and started doing thought work, could I switch gears and really start the process of trying to help that person make their own realizations? And speak, sometimes speak their words back to them to say, this is what I heard you say. Is this what you mean? And just really opening their own 
you know, I saw that help so much and wished I'd had that tool for longer. But if, if that person is out there today, what is a takeaway that you want them to leave knowing or that you want to kind of start that process other than that medication is just a tool, which I I love because we do think many times I take a pill, I get rid of the problem. And that's not life in most situations. Again, differentiating between, you know, just having the vibration of anxiety and then having the, the trauma response where it absolutely makes no sense. The, the shutdown of the brain. I think my big takeaway is again, the solution, the steps to solution, start journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, here's something that I learned last year too, when I was in anxiety and grief and overwhelm and <laughs> What other fun feelings was I having last year? Well, you were, you remembered me saying at a podcast about, you know, zip lining and when I jump out of a plane yep. that I felt yep. like zip lining, my feelings matched. Yes. Insides. Yes. And that, that was probably the beginning at some real beginning of awareness, just having that sentence too, because exercise had been taken away from me. One of my coping, mm-hmm. my yeah. coping strategies was yeah. exercise. And I had that period is if you feel like, if you feel like you're sitting there were many times I was, I was in meetings with coaches and peers where like, I knew coach MJ was saying words to me mm-hmm. and I, I literally felt like I was underwater. Yeah. Like, like you couldn't under- process anything they were saying, hear words. And I, it was just like, so overwhelming. It was like being underwater and I could see her lips moving and I could, all I could do. Oh my God. All I could just do was cry. Yeah. I couldn't, cause I couldn't get words out and I knew to, like, you know, I had a story. I got a story. Yeah. Uh, all this to say, you know, y'all got a great job. I got a great boss. I have a great boss. I, have, I don't want anything. They are not scary people. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And I'm not, a, I'm not that scared of a person, yeah. but for me, it is the heartbeat. When my heart skips a beat, like I've y'all hear, you've heard me talk about caffeine and why I'm always working on caffeine. Cause I just need less of it in my body. Mm-hmm. And I make a weak ass cup of coffee for myself for this very matter, because I can just feel a heartbeat and my brain starts, you know, starts telling the stories I'm clicking. I'm like, where's, where's the danger? Where's the, oh yeah. And I can start telling stories. So when you are in the kind of vibration in the kind of response I was in, I also had the awareness that thought work didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It didn't, it wasn't helpful. What was helpful was getting into my body Mm -hmm. and learning how to process emotion. Yeah. And that is still the work I'm doing. I find it's, it's the meditating every day. It's the getting out into nature. It's getting the sleep. It is making sure that I eat foods that aren't inflammatory. It is taking care of myself in the best ways possible, including managing my mind every moment. That is one of the gifts of being a coach all day long is I get to, I get to be witness first class witness now to my brain and all the thoughts, all the processes done a lot of talking here. Well, but I think it's so important for people to hear because again, and I've heard you say some variation of this, when you are in the midst of that, it feels like you're so alone. You're the only person that's ever felt this way. You're, you're just, Oh, I was convinced I was broken. Like, I was like, uh, thank goodness. I mean, I had you coaching me. I had MJ coaching me and Kathy and I had my own private and coach Jenny. Like, I mean, anybody who would and holding that space, mm-hmm. asking me pointed questions, coming back to 
I had to go through all of that. And it was January. Once the holidays were over, when I really started questioning that safety component and I, and, and I can, you know, it's so funny because I, I can remember thinking like safety, of course you're safe. I mean, you're safe. You're in your house, of course. But when you're dealing with the body and like I coach my clients, you know, it is like 95% of what you're feeling. It's in your body. It's yeah. taken over in your brain. Your conscious thinking is that 5% part. Mm-hmm. And then you have the ability to be the witness for yourself and witness what's going on in your body and hold that space. Like this is my mammalian response. This is, you know, my body is having a response from something else, recognizing it from that observer point of view and allowing myself to create safety with my cognitive brain to create, you know, going outside, going, taking a couple laps around my little driveway thing right here. Mm-hmm to get back online. And I do that touching, now. Touching yourself. You, you, you oh. mentioned that putting your hand on your heart, but just physical touch with yourself, rubbing your hand on your arm, putting your hand on your chest. Right. And, and I will tell you too, that the kind of anxiety that I was having, and this is super important as the more I'm, as I'm studying about this, there's some, some breath work is not good for anxiety. Yeah. And I had the kind it hurt my teeth. And I was like, you know, every coach would be like, take a breath. And I'm like, I can't get it hurts. To, you know, it hurts to breathe. And now it all makes sense. That was just where, where my energy was lit up on my throat chakra. Right. Right. So to, to pull this to a close, yes. if you are out there and you are dealing with anxiety first, it's important to know that there are two types. There's the type that pushes us, that hums in our body. Anytime we do something that's new or different or uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then there is a trauma response Mm -hmm. type of anxiety. And they're two very different things. And coaches are more than happy to help you with either. Mm -hmm. So I would say simply, if you are looking for coaching with this, this, maybe this is a good first step to start to realize what are some of the thoughts that, because we can see your thoughts and Mm -hmm. question them Mm -hmm. when you are convinced that they are truths, they are not thoughts, they are true. And we can begin that process of questioning. So if you're looking for coaching, I would just say that you can find me at soniagreencoaching.com or on Instagram at Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A underscore green coaching. And if you can find me at the No BS Weight Loss Program uh, or just Judy, J-U-S-T-J-U-D-I-E. And we are on Facebook, the Coaches Cup podcast. So go there. We would love to hear your own thoughts. Yeah. I mean, because we know that everybody has a certain level of anxiety. That's the way we're created. So Go on there and, and let's talk about some of these and normalize it mm-hmm. so that we're not running from it. Yeah. You can't run from this kind, like, no. or, no. or the other, you know, and I appreciate so much your willingness to share so much of this journey because it, and it's an ongoing journey, right? It's not something that you have now conquered and it's never going to be there again. It's just like, it's just like working out. Mm-hmm. It never gets easier. I just get better at it. Right. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.